What, what's there to talk about The Witcher? Henry Cavill. We started it. What's there to talk He's the perfect about? man. Well, I guess that's the review. Okay. <laughs> no, literally. What is it? Barry said he's one of us. He goes around hunting monsters and playing Warcraft. Yeah. And he's definitely one of us. And Toss a coin a to The Witcher draw. or Valley of Plenty? Valley oh, oh, of Plenty. So- Whoa. So you're saying you don't like The Witcher? You're not I, enjoying it? I do like The Witcher. Well, whereas whereas Paulette just not... watches it on mute. So. I, get, get, uh, I, I just need to watch Henry Cavill. There you it. go. Who doesn't want to watch Henry Cavill? It's a good point, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... He's the perfect man. Read He's the conversation. I, I, Dude, I can't argue with that. He's, He's handsome as yes. shit. He's self-aware. He's a huge geek. He has an awesome accent. He's very intelligent. He's very like conscious of his fellow man. And he is a seen. And fucking all, smoke show. And by all accounts, he's like nice as hell. Like, and he's got a so. dog. And he plays Warhammer 40K. Yes. And he's a he Chiefs fan. He paints his own minis. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He is geek shock in, in a human being. So does, he, so yes. does the other guy. So does the bard. To top it all, he has a British accent. Did you hear how our voice went? Just it did. Then? Just went real soft, yeah. real. Steve could have a British accent. And do you know British who plays Warhammer 40K with him? Tom Holland. Is, does that mean that you're going to be sleeping on the floor in my room tonight, Barry? <laughs> if I'm lucky. Oh, okay. <laughs> do I get to sleep in Jeff's pleasure den? <laughs> <laughs> pleasure list den? <laughs> That's what I call his room, Jeff's pleasure den. He does. It is like, there's not a whole lot of pleasure going on in there. Wow! Unless, in unless my you count, mind, there is. Unless you count me reading like a comic book that I'm enjoying, sure. Oh, oh wow! That's what kind of comic that's, book? That's ex- clearly what I was thinking. Exactly about. what he meant. Uh-huh. That's that, That's what Henry Cavill would have meant. <laughs> you, you you say that, but you don't hear the way that he says it when he says, <laughs> "Hey, did did you let the cat into your pleasure den?" I hear a comic book in that. I don't know what else you're reading into yeah, it. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 624. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Maple Leaf Matt. Vlarg. Mrs. Maple Leaf. And Deb. And we're here to talk Weekend Geek. Mrs. Maple Leaf. This is a rare With oh my. Mrs. Maple Hi. Leaf. Yeah. You get the with credit. I wasn't doing anything else tonight. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, well, we're glad to have your voice all the same. Thank you for having me. How's Maple Leaf Meg? She's still a little shit. <laughs> cool. But cute as a button. Is, is she better or worse than Bartimaeus? I don't find any issues with Bartimaeus, so... Oh, that's because you haven't been here long enough. Probably. What does he do that's annoying? He he doesn't really bother me that much, but apparently bothers Barry and Deb a whole lot lately. Well, he's still getting used to the new space. He's a dick. He's going to get used to well, it. Well, he's a Just cat. Just in time. They're all dicks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's what's going to happen, actually. <laughs> He'll finally be used to living in this house, and then we're going to move again. So, <laughs> The Geek Shock Book Club is reading Horror Store by Grady Hendrix. That is a fantastic novel. That was the book that introduced me to Grady Hendrix, so I highly recommend it. It's about a haunted Ikea. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> like, like haunted with the, the spirits sp- of people who can never find their way out? <laughs> so there's something to that. Uh, with, with a little hint of Cthulhu to it, of course, as well. Ooh. But it's, yeah, it's great. So if you haven't read Grady Hendrix's work, he tends to work in horror, but with tinges of comedy to it. I just feel like something Geek Shock crew could do. 
Oh boy. We could do a hide and go seek in IKEA. Hide and seek. Do is that something that IKEA smiles upon? Um, we don't have to tell them. That's part of the. That's <laughs> that's like hiding. Uh, How will they know? It's trespassing. Have, <laughs> so no. Having only been to the IKEA here twice, I'm gonna say that if any of us are hiding in there, we will never find each other before the place closes, and maybe not even after hours when there's nobody in there. Because I had trouble finding the goddamn exit when I was in there. And what happens there, when a staff member... only one way. Yeah. Don't they have arrows they on have the floor? Arrows. What happens well, when a staff ha- member finds you? He's like, sir, why are you crouched behind the credenza? Shh, maybe leave Matt's looking for me. But they also <laughs> have these weird doors that you go through that take you into a completely different section. And then suddenly you're turned around and you're going backwards. You're not supposed to go through any doors. That's the whole point. Short, but it said, it's like, this way to blah, blah, blah. And you go in there, and then it's like, wait, where the fuck am I now? This, it's, like a, it's, like, it's like a haunted house. This doesn't look like housewares. I Listen, was told that this... If you go through a door in Ikea, you've done it wrong. Unless it's the bathroom door. That's the only one. In and out, at the bathroom, <laughs> is the only doors you should touch. Otherwise, you're fucked. It feels Do, like the uh, the Family Guy sketch where he's in Bed Bath & Beyond. He goes through the door, and it's like that weird pocket universe. Don't go universe. through the door. Exactly. And he's like, ah, oh, here are the coffee mugs. You know, you know what? That no, kind that, of thing. I think we stumbled across a great idea for IKEA. They they do escape rooms <laughs> where you have to, you know. Apparently for Jeff, it is you, anyway. You have to build the whole bedroom set to get out of the room. I don't want to do that. Going, going back to your comment about finding the bathroom, do they not have display toilets? No. There you go. No. Yeah, really. <laughs> those aren't hooked up, dude. That's fine. You don't go. You don't have those. to clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> they have people for that, Barry. Oh, I hate that term. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I, I didn't say that. I, 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 I didn't say that. I'm just saying you just you do your business and you walk away and that's it. Yeah. Do you, you, you have experience with this? No. That, that's a little, I do not. He better not. That's a little <laughs> bit of inside baseball, but Kirsten and I got into it with Verna one time because that oh, was... Oh, imagine that. That was his excuse for... Uh, <laughs> what was it? He crushed out a cigarette on the floor or something in the casino, and, and we were like, what? Verna, what the fuck are you doing? There's an ashtray right over there. Well, they have people to clean that up. I... I can't remember exactly what it was, but I just remember like both you and I looked each other oh, yeah. and then just started tearing we, we into gave him. Shit. And he's just like, "What? They yeah. have people to clean that I think up?" That, I think they, that was one of those Vernon things that he does to to outrage people because mm-hmm. he, knew, you know, no, well, he just seemed genuinely surprised that we were upset. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that man earns yeah. punches. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying, silence, Barry? Before silence. we. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Exactly. What? what? Yeah. We're we talking about a cat or a... I- IKEA haunted. No, bad idea. Escape. Yes. Build uh, furniture. Hide and seek. Hide and seek, yes. No. John Carpenter's Escape from Ikea. <laughs> Deuce in the display toilet. I would watch yeah. that. Yeah, I that, would too. That, I would watch that. That's at least a good homage movie. Yeah. And it's got to be better than Escape from L.A. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was crap. Come on. It was that a terrible was, movie. That was wow. a terrible, terrible movie. Even Steve Buscemi didn't save that one. So what geeky things you do this week? Uh, let's start with the, uh, the daring duo. Mr. and Mrs. Maple Leaf. Absolutely nothing. We began The Witcher season one. <laughs> season one? You haven't even... Uh, you, you, this, wow, you haven't seen season one yet. Well, I started it without him. Oh, of course you Hold on, hold on, hold on. We haven't seen season one. This guy doesn't watch anything. I've so seen season one. <laughs> <laughs> he watches wow. some obscure so, stuff. Too, so don't, you don't, get get in that one. don't get baited into that. <laughs> he doesn't watch anything. How's Luke Cage? That's what I, I, I know. I saw Luke Cage. That's good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. 
All right. These are fine examples you're giving, sir. <laughs> wow. You're just, you're, you're getting them. Okay, Matt, actually, okay, the Defenders, okay, I didn't watch that. But Luke Cage, I saw it, it was good. We started it. I watched the first four without him, and then I watched all four again so he could catch up. Sure. I didn't mind And I'm it. sure if I wanted to join you to watch the first four again, wouldn't you? It has Henry Cavill in it. <laughs> of course I would. What and do you think naked so far? A oh, lot. That's very true. <laughs> There was a stark contrast of na- nudity in season one and season two. There was not much nudity in well, season two. Well, there was two. a lot of sex in season one and like yeah. none in season two. That is true, well, too. Yeah. People, oh, that's a big change. People discovered their power. Mm. That's what happened. It was uh-huh. focused on a younger... You know, Demographic. That's yeah. the old Hollywood trick. When you have nudity and sex scenes, you film those first so that three weeks later... This young starlet doesn't suddenly go, if I say fuck off and they fire me, they have to reshoot three weeks worth of shit. So you do it right away and you got them. Get that hard stuff out of the way. (laughs) And then you masturbate into a potted plant. Okay. (laughs) On that note. (laughs) So season one, how's it going? (laughs) good so far i like it it's pretty good it's pretty good i'm waiting to see how all these timelines intersect with one another later the guy there's a lot of timelining in season one there's a lot of time and he didn't believe me about the king and um the uh, relationship with the sister Mm. and the the baby he didn't believe me that those were the children in the the ball Okay. There. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say to that? Because he doesn't pay attention to the painting on the wall. Yeah. I pay oh, attention to the painting on yes. the wall. Oh, that's it. Okay. Yes. Season one is very non-linear for sure. Yes. You know the saying: "The writing's on the wall, Matt." Okay. Well, in The Witcher. In The Witcher, the, you gotta... the painting's on the wall. The, the painting, the writing, the paint, the. The writing's in the painting on the hey. wall. It's <laughs> a good story. I finished. Fuck you. <laughs> See, that's all your dates? Uh, apparently, apparently in a potted yeah. plant. So, <laughs> how, how much further do you have to go? Uh, what First is it, eight episodes in, in a season? I think season so. so far. We're halfway through. Okay. A little over halfway through. Fantastic. Yeah. It's pretty good. I enjoy it. Uh, the Bard character... Hilarious. I like him actually better than uh, what's his name? What? Renault? Rialt? R- Renault? Geralt? There we go. <laughs> just, wow. say, just say Henry Cavill. Yeah. <laughs> really? He's a good That's character. Blasphemy. I like that. Do you drive a Renault? Geralt of Rivia. Yes. No, the bard is, I, I def, he definitely stole the show in yes. several episodes in season one. What? Oh, people were singing right. that song. Like, <laughs> oh, yes. Ages like, when that came out. Yeah. Oh, toss the, a coin to your Witcher. Yes. Yeah. I have think I have three different variations of my MP3 player. Yep. He has new songs in the next season. I got to get to that. Not as catchy as that one, though? Well, no, they're pretty they're not, catchy. Yeah, they're not as prominently played, though. No, yeah. 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 It's funny. I knew the songs before I watched it. They ended the zeitgeist. They, they yep. took over the yep. internet for a little bit. Yes, they did. Yeah, what'd you do this week? So we started the second season of The Great. Um, love that show. It's on Hulu. Uh, stars Elle Fanning and Nicholas Holt or Holt. Super, super intelligent, like dramatic comedy. Um, it's definitely historical fiction. It's it even like totes itself when it does a little banner of you know the the, the show name. It says you know 
Historically accurate. Kind of. <laughs> it's really fun. I really enjoy that show. The writing is super intelligent. It's really great. The actors deliver. I mean, it's just, it's And Nicholas Holt is a great villain. Yes. And he's absolutely hilarious. Yes. And for people who don't know him, he's a, he's a great actor. Nuts. You've You've seen him in stuff. You saw him in uh, Fury Road. He was the war boy. The, yep. Witness Nux. me, that kid. He was Beast in <laughs> the, the newer X-Men yep. cast. And yep. uh, the zombie film where he kind of like wakes up. Oh, What uh, the hell yeah. is that? Anyway. Anyway. He's a good actor. <laughs> yes. So it's very enjoyable. If you've never caught it, I would give season one a try. But season two aired in November. So all of the episodes of season two are on there too. Yeah. Wasn't so. he Beast? Yeah. Okay. All yep. right. Now, okay, that's ringing a bell. I thought Henry Cavill was a beast. <laughs> I'm sure he is. Uh, apparently for this side of the room. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we also played a little, um, what's that game? Minecraft! Ah, of course. All right, mentioned Minecraft. Everyone drink. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, casino drunk is, by the end of the night. The casino is half done. Blackjack's almost done. Plinko's done. Roulette's oh, wow. half done. To, to be fair, Barry, to be I think the casino is always going to be half done because you're constantly expanding your idea for the casino. So he does. Well, then finish. I will say the original phase. Okay. Oh. Phase one is almost done. So he's doing the Bob Stupak uh, <laughs> oh, wow. method of casino design. Well, I mean, that's how the casinos avoid paying a lot of property taxes is to keep construction going. So what happens if someone goes in there and starts counting cards? What do you do? That's not possible. It's not possible. Oh. Yeah, they don't allow Ben Affleck on the server. <laughs> it's redstone, dude. <laughs> you push a button and a counter does numbers and tells you what your cards are. What about yeah. Rain Man? Do they allow him in there? Sure, sure. Why not? <laughs> We're counting cards. Go ahead. You're counting cards? We're counting cards. Yeah, he'll tell you if he's doing it, so... <laughs> <laughs> I guess we've moved on to Barry. Anything else you do this week besides? Uh... Made pork. You made pork. A barbecue. Okay, gotcha. Oh, barbecue. Everyone drink. Hey, it's barbecue cast. I, I do don't you know the actual. I don't know the rules of uh, the geek shock drinking game, but I'm sure that that's one of them. If I well, mention I mean, barbecue, yeah. you got to drink. Well, one of the rules is if you have to ask a body, you have to drink. It wasn't. It wasn't merely consuming barbecue this time. You you smoked that pork butt. Yeah, I did. Uh, you smoked that butt. Which is technically shoulder, but we'll say butt. Um, <laughs> it took me all day, and the wind in Vegas was a nightmare, and it was cold, and I had the fire went out a couple times, and it, it was just ugh, it was a lot. Your hat almost went in a neighbor's yard. That pissed me off. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to point out it's because it's winter, and usually you don't do these things. Oh, is that what it is? In winter. Yeah. 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 You guys don't know what winter is. There, <laughs> here we go. You here simply adopted He's it. Not I was wrong. born in it. <laughs> He's from the north. Here comes the northern superiority. Go ahead, sir. <laughs> I know one freeze in Texas. We know winter. Well, we know. We know Matt's not the king hey, of the there's north. There's more of a winter here than Prince? in Texas. <laughs> Prince of the North, maybe? Not this week. Yeah. So right now, there's a lot of people who are experiencing some very bad winter. Uh, I think yeah. uh, Hyde was on um, uh, Discord uh, complaining about that. Um, I, I hope everyone's all right. Yeah, it's pretty nasty uh, on the East. There's Minecraft is always open. <laughs> it is. If you have internet and power. Yeah, there, there is that. <laughs> you can play Minecraft well, wait, 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 with the mail. Hold on. Hold on. Not everybody's in, you know, they got the freedom power, okay? So, yeah. 
<laughs> Chances are, if they're listening to the show, you're good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Unless you, know, you downloaded it before the power went yeah. out. You, you may In not which have. Place, you can play the Minecraft play by mail. You, you may not. You may not have food. <laughs> Oh no! How would that even work? Oh, that's awful! Oh my god, that'd be terrible. Minecraft like, play by mail. So people sending each other Legos in the no in an envelope. You, no, it's a written thing. Play by mail games are all written. You get five free moves. Oh, <laughs> you know how long it would take me to finish the casino? You could mine through the dirt to get the stone. Just yet as long it. as it is now. Shut up. <laughs> Jeff, what'd you do this week? Well, um, I did uh, get caught up on Peacemaker. Uh, obviously, I also got caught up on uh, Book of Boba Fett. But the the main thing I did um, was watch Encanto on uh, Disney Plus. That's their Encanto. Encanto. Is it Encanto uh, or Encanto? It's, it's Encanto. Yep. Sh- that's shut up, proper Spanish pronunciation. Um, ready. <laughs> yeah. I do speak a little Spanish, not a lot, God but. Damn it. I also have a lot of coworkers that correct me on my pronunciations. So, oh. anyway, uh, so, so it's rare Jeff gets corrected. I just want to say that right now. I know he, he just powers through. It. <laughs> Imagine the nerve of those people. Uh, so, uh, in Kanto, it's a uh, it's about a uh, a family that has uh, some, some many of the family members have uh, little magical gifts that you know, like one has super strength, one can. Grow flowers with a wave of her hand, etc. Ooh, I and want the, that power. Um, the movie centers around not uh, everyone can be the Encanto? where the X Men colors yeah. are right. Uh, the Some of mo- them just go to Xavier's Institute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I want to know what all their powers are. Yeah, let's get the rundown. Watch the movie. No, oh, no, shit. come on, you're the our Jeff en- version. You are our Encanto wiki. Uh, anyway, Wiki. what I was going to say is the movie centers power around... Through. That's his superpower. The... Jeff just powers Shut through up, the conversation. <laughs> Shut and, up! Keeps going. Keeps going. You were saying, Some call Jeff. him the juggernaut, but not, not Matt. me. Matt! <laughs> he, just... <laughs> he learned this from Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Paul would be here trying to tell a joke for the fifth time, yeah. getting less and less funny. Yeah. Just get through it, man. No, it's fine. Uh, the, the movie centers around Mirabelle, who is the one family member that doesn't have any magical gifts, and her um, attempts to save. Uh, apparently, the magic is dying, and nobody really knows how and why. So uh, she's made it her goal to to save the their magical house and the and the the magical gifts the family has. Uh, Mirabelle is played by Stephanie Beatrice, who is uh, more well known for being on uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. You won't recognize her because the voice that she has on Brooklyn Nine-Nine is not her natural voice. So she uh, uses her real voice in this, and you wouldn't, like I said, you wouldn't recognize her. She also does a lot of the singing performances in this movie and has a fantastic singing voice as well, which I was not aware of going into the movie. Uh, but uh, I'm sorry, I should have mentioned the, the character Rosa Diaz on okay. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay, I, I skipped right over that. I apologize. God damn it, Jeff. Um, but Start anyway, over. God damn it. <laughs> uh, but you, you have that all-star voice cast. You've got her, John Leguizamo, um, Diana Guerrero, who is in um, uh, Doom Patrol, uh, Wilmer Von Drama. I mean, the list goes on and on. But um, it's it's on Disney Plus right now. It's a really fun movie. Check it out. Um, 
Isn't this like the first Disney movie to have a song that's a hit on the charts in yeah. like 20 years or something, something like that? Something like that, yeah. No. And, frozen. Uh, it's it's, oh, okay. it's beaten yeah, of course, frozen, frozen is the thing. Oh, it's beaten frozen. It has, yeah. yes. Really? Yes. Wow. Yep. What's the song called? I can't remember. Something but like I, The Trouble yeah. with Bruno or something like that? Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. All the memes about, about Bruno. Bruno. Yes. We don't talk about Bruno. Um, but yeah, it's 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 beat out the Frozen song. Oh, well, that's that's pretty amazing because that that was a juggernaut. Yeah. Yep. Speak. The, don't look back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the goddamn juggernaut. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, it's uh, it's CG animation, but there's definitely some some flair of hand drawn feel to some of the scenes in there even though it is more 3d than than like the the traditional hand-drawn disney style of animation but uh it's also one of the movies that's uh achieving quite a bit of success based on word of mouth than uh the typical advertising blitz that that disney does so in fact i think late last week i saw that it was the most watched movie on disney plus at that particular point in time so Anyway, uh, the, the other thing I did was, of course, uh, Resident Alien started back up on Sci-Fi last Wednesday. I was curious if they were going to be able to keep the same feel and chemistry going from season one to season two, because a lot of shows that have a hit on their hands right out of the, the first season sometimes take a little bit of a, a dive the next one. But if the first episode is any indication, I think this is going to be just as much fun. Um, Alan Tudyk. Also, just knocks it out of the park um, once again in this first episode. Um, he's he's amazing, uh, and ironically, he was also the voice of the toucan in Encanto. So it was it was kind of amusing that little crossover because I had I had watched the one and then didn't realize until I was watching the credits. But um, Encanto. Anyway, um, so yeah, Resident Alien is is back up and going. It's on Wednesdays on Sci-Fi. So, so set your DVRs. Which is Encanto. Encanto. Okay. Yes. You saw it. I will accept know. both answers. It is Spanish, so it should be yeah. pronounced in I'm, I'm just lighting a fire under Kirsten is all I'm doing. I'm poking the bear. Stop, stop poking that bear. <laughs> in, in Santo. So that's what I got. No? Nice. I've been reading, well, listening to the audiobook of the... I guess the definitive uh, interview biography of The Sopranos called Woke Up This Morning. Hmm. It's by a Steve Sherpa, Michael Imperioli. Uh, Both were in The Sopranos. Uh, They apparently have a podcast where they've been going back through and like rewatching it. It's been pretty big. That Uh, one I was aware of. So they wrote a book uh, based on all those interviews and so on. And the book itself is written kind of like their podcast where it's kind of almost like a script-like Michael says something, Steve says something, and it goes back and forth. If people don't know that's uh, uh, Chris Moltisanti yeah. and uh, Fat Bobby. Bobby Bacala. Bacala. Bobby Bacala. And it's been very entertaining. So I started watching season one of The Sopranos with this new background information in my head. So that's been kind of fun uh, to do, as well as still reading all the uh, Marvel books that I've been promising. Because at this point, I have to, because <laughs> yes, it leads to punches and slaps from Matt and and Barry over here. So just to show you how far I am, I am now uh, f- February 18th of 2006. So I started the beginning of November. So after a couple of weeks, good headway. And, oh man, 
Uh, some of them, though, oh, some of them you got to power through. So though, there, there are, there's a reason why they're all, we only remember the winners. We remember the the really good ones. Remember the the the, the new X Men. We remember the the big events that were done well. Like we don't remember what was the. Uh, Fear itself. No one remembers fear itself. That was lame. That that was a thing that happened. I can't wait to get to that part. Um, <laughs> Even the pinball table was lame. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, first Civil War comic is starting to make its appearance, so we're we're getting into that already. So House of M was just what, three months prior to that. So as I remember, a lot of those series, though, like you get like what twenty, thirty books, just say, and a good quarter of them were books that. Were, were not selling well and they had to include them in the storyline for Civil War or whatever just so that they could try to sell some more of those books and they were crap and they were crap during Civil War too but you have no choice you gotta power through them so I wish you the best of luck oh sure sure staying and, awake and there's some interesting ones that uh, I didn't think I'd take to but have like uh, Exiles has been kind of an interesting one I loved Exiles uh, that, that was uh, like I, don't, I still don't even know some of the people in it, uh, but uh, Sabretooth is part of it. It's basically various Marvel second stringers that are going to other multiverses and fixing problems. It's it's kind of like the Quantum Leap, I guess, of uh, <laughs> in, yeah. a, in a way, except multiverse instead of time. Yeah. But fixing problems in other places, other universes. And Longshot's making an appearance in it, and I love Longshot going way back. So it's fun to see him still kicking around somewhere. Space Cowboy, right? Long shot? Uh, no, or he's from the Mojo verse and looks like David Bowie in Black Oh, Lady. yes. Okay. Yeah. From the what? Mojo verse. I don't even know that Cowboy. One. Yeah, he was, he was a, a side X Men character for a while, had a very short lived, uh, limited series. But, uh, but he, had, he had his yeah. fan base, and I was one of them. He was an X Men side piece. Yeah. But, but yeah, he is David Bowie in Black Leather. Is he one of those Rob Liefeld creations? That... His, his, his no, no, he's he's back in the Claremont days. Okay, uh, but his his power is that he's he affects probability toward himself. He's just extremely lucky. Oh, so he's a ripoff of Domino. Domino. I see. Who came first? <clears throat> Probably me. <laughs> in a plant. <laughs> uh, but it, it's been uh, it's interesting going. And what I've really loved uh, is She Hulk. During this time, the She-Hulk comics, when those come up, I just adore them. Absolutely fun. Uh, what really prompted me going into this whole thing, I kind of left this out before because, frankly, I forgot. There is a book that came out in the last six months or so. It's called something like All the Marvels or something like that. It's basically one guy that has read all of the comic books in the Marvel canon uh, from beginning to end and then wrote a book about his journey. I listened to the audiobook to it, and he kind of just condenses things that he's really liked and gave little histories of like Shang-Chi and so on throughout it. And then it ended with, uh, here is kind of the whole story of Marvel in a, in a teacup. I really, really like where the Marvel Universe ends, which is somewhere in like 2018, 2019 was, is, was like the big ending and restart of the universe in the Marvel canon. And I don't really want to go into it here because it is kind of spoilery, but it made me excited to do, to do this, and that's that's kind of where I came to this. But uh, I've been enjoying it. It's still been worthwhile. I probably read about 10, 12 comics a day at this point. Wow. So when you finish your run, what's your book going to be about? Um, my book's going to be about how Barry's such a 
fucking asshole. I mean, really, <laughs> like impressive, like like high tier. Yes. I'll accept it. Uh, but this is the point where I have to give away a mini. It's that time again. Uh, Bocephus is the name of the orc that I've given away. Thank you, Hyde, for giving him that uh, name. We Bocephus. appreciate it. Yep. That was uh, named by Hyde in the Discord. So here we are. We're reaching in there, which, uh, again, anybody who is tier three or higher is in this drawing. So let's pull it out and find out. Elizabeth W. Hooray! Yay! Editor extraordinaire, you win this month's mini. Congratulations. Hooray! <laughs> Yay! Very excited about this. Uh, so uh, I'll get in touch with you as to uh, how to get it best to you. And then, uh, monkeys, you'll be hearing about the next mini getting painted here very, very soon. Remind me what Basephus looks like. Basephus is an iron jaw orc. Uh, literally has an iron jaw. In red with some some yellow uh, additions. I I have pictures of them up in the Torgo's painting corner. Uh, if you're in there in the in the Discord, that's where you find them. I'll post it up on the layer as well, so uh, everyone can see what he looks like. I'm wondering if this is the gateway drug to getting people into Warhammer. I'm I'm just happy to give away <laughs> art. First one's free, and I don't know what next month's mini's going to be yet, or I guess would be this month's mini, but it's uh it's going to be fun either way. Cool, Kirsten, what'd you do this week? Something with plants. <clears throat> yeah. I watched something. What did I watch? I don't know what I watched. Actually, I didn't watch much. I watched something. I can't remember. <laughs> That's uh, a good story. Good yeah. Story. Damn. Wow. Riveting. But, so, but I did uh, run a game of D&D. Yes, you did. We did. We yep. uh, we finally uh, finally got the... Kofi fuck, D&D. Yes, the Fuckfest D&D finally got started. <laughs> And uh, we had uh, Aussie Matt and Leon Tim, Leon Mitt, who joined us. And I had Barry, Deb, and uh, do we have any? Who? Uh, do we have someone else? No. No. Nope. That was, nope. was going to be there, but then work yeah. happened. So Matt, uh, Matt had a Matt had life happen, which you know that's that's what I went with Friday just to kind of get things going and it was looking like it was going to be a good day for people to join and of course friday comes loaded with problems potentially so although i I won't go into detail on the air but matt had all sorts of interesting things to say when he called me on the phone and told me about how he wasn't going to make it but um i learned a few things figured out a few things that i need to do for roll 20 game runs a little too slow for barry's taste he likes an on-fire game where things are happening. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah. Overall, it was well. I don't care if Barry had a good time. Did yeah. the coffee members have a good time? Yes. Um, yes. Tim said that he actually learned a bit about how to play D&D. So that was cool. Ozzy, it's funny because Matt is probably the biggest Roll20 D&D expert in that bunch because wow. he's a regular in Elena's game. So, but he was, uh, he was doing a... He was, <laughs> He was doing a very mm, discriminatory yes. Uh, cleric. Yes. <laughs> Super discriminatory. Oh yes, he, he had a very um, particular criterion for, for healing. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and my character did not meet those. So, oh, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about her character for a second. <laughs> Poor Deb. So 
These were pre-gens, right? Okay. Deb said she'd take the Ranger. Well, okay. I, I kind of didn't mention that the Ranger was a, I made a melee Ranger. Oh. So. Which is not a Ranger. Well, Sonora started as a double-wheeled sword, but she didn't, I didn't keep her there very long. Yeah. She, she was a yeah. archer. She wasn't an archer Ranger. So Deb, <laughs> and Deb, with, without, without the uh, Barbarian showing up, melee Ranger was our. Uh, Tank. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And she tanked. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> when it came to trying to swing, every, every I had a plus five, <laughs> fucking plus five to my die rolls. Yeah, and and how furious was she during the actual game? Uh, she was actually rather contained. Oh, okay. so she you know, uh-huh. she maintained geek shock's uh, air of professionalism uh, during uh, during this uh, game. Wow! But uh, roll twenty is funny because sometimes the seating for the randomizers can get funky and you can go a session where somebody on their attack rolls or something are like doing always single digits and what elena would do in her game is she'd actually tell people sign out sign back in and frequently that changed things but poor deb couldn't have, she couldn't Didn't have, you crit fail the first <laughs> yeah. the yes. first roll yeah. yeah waded into battle yeah. sword above you crit fail yeah i yeah. just set the yeah. For the entire yeah. <laughs> I don't think I rolled higher than a 13 with a plus five. Yeah. The entire battle. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She, she just, so she would get knocked down and get up again. Never going to keep and, her. And down. then, and well, Ozzy <laughs> Matt was sort of like, well, I want to, I want to heal someone who contributes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Deb, Deb, Deb as Deb took a lot of, a lot Black. of, yeah. yes. <laughs> It's uh, yeah, you would have really enjoyed it, Paulette. <laughs> but, but it was, was it the was first and last time she's ever. Worry played. not, worry not. The bard saved the day. It, mango Jolly Bottle came nice. through. Yes, Go mango. Actually, as he ran away the whole time. Yes, he was. He just ran, and and it was really funny because I did learn one thing uh, for myself. That lower level, don't give the minions. Because I use minions. Minions are the one point, one hit point things that are still a threat, but they're one hit point. So, yeah. you know, the whole idea is you can go wading into the minions. It, well, it's about chopping up bodies. Yeah. yeah. They, when they entered the glade, they turned left and the minions were on the right. And then I made the mistake of giving the minions ranged weapons. So my minions just stood back and plink, plink. Plink, plink. Yep. And Barry, uh, Mango Jolly Bottle was... Man- um, you hate saying that. Um, I love it. You, you know those... You know, <sighs> I'm just surprised it wasn't Jolly Bottom. Like, Mango Jolly Bottom <laughs> seems like something that Barry would have named. I don't know. Anything with bottle in it, I yeah. expect Barry... No, it, it, bottle, it was... Yeah. But you know those... Remember those toys? They, they were like those little, little doll things that had like a... A spring tension. You press a button on the bottom, and they sort of floomp and floomp, and then you no, let okay. it go, and they spring up. Yeah, yeah. That was Mango, <laughs> because he was going down and popping up, going down, popping up. He was getting knocked to zero hit points all the time, and then someone would pop him up, and then he started running away, and my minions started chasing him. Oh yeah, and you were targeting me. Yes, yeah. I mean, you know, well, they hated halflings. Imagine that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he was so. the only halfling. Yeah. So, uh, but he actually, it, it's funny, he ran out of map, 
So he had to start moving along the side of the edge of the map because he couldn't go <laughs> off the map anymore. But using remember, vicious mockery. Yeah. Oh, he vicious. The entire time. He, he vicious mockeried. To death. <laughs> the goblins to death. How does that work? <laughs> vicious mockery does a little bit of hit point damage. No. It also gives you disadvantage. So they actually closed with him and got in physical contact. But by then, he had started insulting them. So they were losing hit points, or they were minions and getting killed outright. And then the one soldier that had the hit points to get after him was disadvantaged. So he couldn't with, hit him. With, with, and, and he's literally running circles around him. Hey, your mom smells <laughs> like socks, you know, or whatever. And with, with, and then the guy eventually just dies. Because you do take a little bit of damage with m- vicious mockery. I am Bard. proud of you and unsurprised. <laughs> Bard for the win. And I would like to say that um, Tim Leonmit for his first game played a druid, which is not one of the easiest no. characters. No, it to play. is not no. for a no, first game. Yeah. Wow. yeah, and he did he did a really good job. And he yeah. learned a very valuable lesson about attacks of opportunity. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, I want to go here. Well, you'll get it. Eh, let him do that. And okay. <laughs> so, but, and it was what really funny because Tim was all like, oh, I just made terrible. I'm so sorry, everybody. I was like, dude, you, you did fine. And you learned the game. I don't know that Matt learned any, but we all learned no, about he Matt. He got to pick on me. So. <laughs> we learned about Matt, yeah. so. They got so. the rip on Deb. Yeah. So, this other Matt sounds like a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually... We'll get to uh, where we're making our own characters, and then, you know, Deb will be the equivalent of build of not Bill Duke, but um, 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 build a bear. No, I can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally locking up on his name. The wrestler and predator with the minigun. Which Jesse is, Ventura. Jesse Thank Ventura. You. Jesse the I body total, Ventura. I, yeah. I totally vapor locked on Jesse's name, but you know that's her favorite type of ranger, and she'll eventually, you know, actually you. You, you, it's not even ranger now. Mm-mm. You just went fighter archer. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, she's a fighter. Technically, yeah. I rebuilt her because in 5th edition. So, you know, our first D&D game here in town was 4th edition. So mm. we had to change the characters from 4th edition to 5th edition Ugh. mid-game. And it was difficult because they rebuilt some of the classes completely. So Ranger got gimped. Completely gimped. Oh, my God. Sucked so hard. So, mm. like, I played two games with her that way as a rebuilt 5th edition Ranger. And I was like, no. No. So I asked Barry, because yeah. he's the DM. No. Can I change her? I want to keep. I want my snore back. So, so I changed so her. What I just heard there is... It was cheating. I, I, re- I rebuilt yeah. her as a fighter with... The DM's permission. You and can do the same $6 thing. Matt. No, no, no. I play by the rules. Oh, oh, oh the, the DM makes the fucking rules. Well, I don't oh. care about fucking Barry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to. So both literally and figuratively. Exactly. Right, yeah. Exactly. That's how I said it. Emphasis on the fuck. On I had to. I had to rebuild uh, Zeric a couple times because my my guy in. In fourth, there was nothing, nothing in fifth to do. It was just no. terrible. I'll let people, like, when we're, ch- we're changing editions, I'll let people, like, 
change a couple times just cool. to get where they're supposed to be. Well, yeah, like you don't want to play a crappy character. Right. Yeah. Well, and like they changed how gear works and, you know, how some of the abil- special abilities yeah. and all that stuff work. Oh, so, so, so we had to, con- you know, we have we were high, decently high level at that point. Like we 15, had to convert gear. 15, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was kind of crazy. And a hey, fighter uh samurai flavored archer no <laughs> joke it's it's your standard deb yep uh jesse ventura with the minigun you're firing bombs yes and you yeah, and we've we talked about this from the other game i my character has dim door and so i just grab paulette and barry will very carefully put his you know opponents 500 feet away from paulette and i'll just take them right to them in the same round i dislike you yeah <laughs> it's great fun it works all out these, well yeah all these great powers i want to use and, 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 oh no, no see now you know how how uh our other friend dm felt with uh dea i have so the game we played in texas i played a storm sorcerer and she's the first magic user I've ever played in D&D. I love her. Storm Sorcerer. That's, yeah. Yes. Love her. And she discovered the beauty of reverse gravity. Oh, best spell ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Geek Shot D&D, reverse gravity is not allowed. Noted. Yeah. But anyway, so yes, we had our first game. They wiped out the goblins. They realized something's afoot. In the the veil of chaos and well, the first the figure in the name, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, we got to get moving on the other. We got to get Jeff and uh, now yes. Chris. Yeah, that's right. Chris Glum- and Glumley, our, our brand Glumley. new the, the last Kofi member to fill. We only had six places of the of tier five, right? And there's the sixth place has been open since we started it. Now filled. And now it's filled. Completely filled. Glumley is now the uh, right. the new D and D player, and at some point we got to, um, you know, Jake had mentioned something about he wasn't there for D and D, and like he'd rather do watch parties or something. So we have to set up watch parties and watch Leprechaun. Yeah, uh, <laughs> here you I'm go. In the hood. Leprechaun. Yeah, maybe that's what we should do: is just make a watch bad movies alternative. Do we get to MST it through the whole thing? Of course. Well, okay, I think yeah, sign me yeah. Up. I think that'll... Oh, look at that, folks. We'll get Jeff to participate in the fuck fest and baggage. That's <laughs> because you guys always do that shit while I'm at work, so... Well... Book I mean, fest G- and haggis. Well, I, I would have <laughs> participated in Board Game Arena if I weren't at work. That would have been fun. You know, well, I do like board fest games. Book fest and haggis. You, 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 Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> you're so typically Vegas. Yeah, Why yeah. can't you be like Paulette? And work at 9 to 5? Yeah. Matt. Barry. Barry. 9 to 9? You know, instead of like me, Todd, Todd, because yeah. <laughs> I like me. Don't ever be like Todd. <laughs> that goes out to everybody. I don't recommend yeah. it. So anyway, so yeah, so that happened. Nice. And I watched some. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! I watched the first three episodes of Vox Machina, the uh, the the Critical Role cartoon on uh, Amazon Prime. I Is keep hearing a lot of good things about that. Yes. Uh, the animation's good. They're they're their characters. Do I uh, have to have ever watched or listened? No, to cr- good, no, because I don't. No, yeah, this is actually kind of a prequel, so it actually does a lot of introductory stuff for you. So, and they they it's well written, so it's it 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 just kind of flows into it. They joke they joke around a lot, so it's a little more jokey D and D than I would like. Kirsten likes a D&D serious. I'll, I'll wager my left nut that this is probably going to be a better D&D thing than uh, the D&D movie. 
which I will watch and I definitely <laughs> hope for. But sure, I, sure. I just I have my suspicions. You don't watch Critical Role? I'm surprised. No. Just something about Barry every single just something about every single player being a voice actor doing their characters is pretty Barry cool. Barry doesn't want to watch other people having fun. Oh. You know what? You're Barry. absolutely right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yeah. I would rather play the game myself. I was gonna say Barry doesn't like to watch other people having fun because he doesn't like watching himself have fun either. So I wow. just don't like fun. There yeah. you go. <laughs> That's really what it comes down <laughs> to. That's why I like Barry's D and D games. It's all gloom and doom and grim Lots of dark. fighting. Lots of fighting. I Lots get to go. I get to go. Barry, I've had it with this fucking guy. I'm just going to cut him down with the axe. And Barry's like, yeah, right. No, I'm serious. <laughs> I still remember that moment. It was great. And you were just like, oh, Jesus. And then we started a revolution in that city. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. There was rioting in the streets. Yeah, Barry will write 40 pages of a thing on a guy that Kirsten will come up and crush in 10 minutes. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well, if I'm not. 40. A little more than that. Well, this, well. Is, this is the same guy that will spend a year crafting a a revenge that <laughs> that you is, just ignored that 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 he doesn't realize is predicated on the person being actually interested in the origin of the things that he's getting yeah. in the mail, yes. as opposed to just going fuck this and putting it in the trash. You got to you, Barry. With those pranks, you got to go where a person lives. You yeah. got to go right to the cookie tin. Yeah, and, <laughs> and just get them right where they're gonna. I dislike you <laughs> so much. Oh, oh, Kirsten, please explain what you're talking what about. Are you ta- what do you? What? 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 So, I do? Okay, I go to eat a cookie the other day. <laughs> a, what kind of cookie? What? A Danish butter cookie. Oh, As those we are all great. know, Danish butter cookies. They, they they come in a nice little tin, you know, nice little round tin. Everyone knows it. it's like a blue tin, and you know, sure as shit, there's there's the blue tin right behind me. Yep. And I go to have one. Oh, and what's in it? Now, it's like Schrodinger's tin. <laughs> <laughs> it both has Danish butter cookies and does not, and instead also has sewing supplies. <laughs> and what did Kirsten put in the tin? Sewing supplies. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, I was looking after Bartimaeus, just giving him a little food and attention while they were out of town, and I, f- I ate the last butter cookie, and I was like, well, it's a shame to just have this empty tin <laughs> sitting here. So I got some sewing supplies, and I put them in there, and then I waited. It was very rude, Barry, making me wait a week and a half. I didn't want a cookie. Oh, jeez. But when I wanted a cookie, uh, then I got angry. <laughs> oh, yeah, you have no idea. Like, I came downstairs... I came downstairs. I, I had just woke up maybe 10 minutes before coming down to get a glass of water to take my pills with. And I get into the kitchen and Barry's like, did you do this? And I'm like, did I do what? And he goes, have you seen this? I'm like, I, I, you're going to have to be a little more clear than that, man. He grabs the tin and goes, look at this. There's no cookies in here. There's sewing supplies in here. And I'm like, uh, Okay. <laughs> I go back up to my room and I sit there for a second. I'm like, wait a minute. There were cookies in there. There are not cookies in there anymore. And there were actual sewing supplies because he did open the cover and show it to me. And then I came back downstairs and I I was like, okay, I wasn't just imagining this. This was an actual thing that happened. And he was like, he's like, Todd must have done this. Todd definitely did this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's well, a, it screams Todd. It it's does. a very jerky Todd thing to it, do. It does. I'm very disappointed in myself. <laughs> You're very sneaky, Kirsten. Very sneaky. Oh, it was, I was, fu- I just. So I texted Todd and I was like, we have to have 
a conversation about sewing supplies. And which- I'm like, oh, the patches must have come in. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, good, good, we're getting somewhere. Nice. Oh. And so, of course, he denied it. Loved the idea, but denied it. And I, I, I believed him in the way he said it. Sorry. And then Kirsten piped up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he owned it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've been waiting over a week. Earned. Man. Was, you could have denied it for a few more weeks and, and relished in his, uh, his... I wanted to I, I wanted to be appreciated. Then I would have slowly <laughs> descended into madness, you, you, blaming each and yes. every oh, one of you. You needed to let that, that would have been stew fun. a little bit more, Kirsten. You guys don't know what it was like, though, when, like... Matt would head over to that basket and pick up the tin, and I'd be like, "Here we go!" And then he'd rustle around and pull then it, put it right back down. And I'm like, "Shit, God damn it!" Barry would grab the tin, and I'm like, "Here we go!" And no, and I put it back again. I was like, "Damn it! Why is the tin still here?" <laughs> here, take I didn't, it. I didn't uh, take I mean, it. It's yours now. Huh? Put your sewing supplies in it. Okay, good. I took because I took <laughs> scraps of stuff. You know, I had sure, a sure. bent needle. But I also took a couple of my mom's pins that she, you know, in the sewing supplies she left. So I want to make sure those didn't end up in the garbage. No, it's funny. <laughs> I was, I was like, you know, Deb could have them if she needed them, but that, that's not even the original ten. No, it's not. That, that's my ten. Your ten? Yeah. Well, I switched the ten. There's the original one. <laughs> Why? I thought it looked bigger. Why would you switch the tins? Who would know? <laughs> because that one still had cookies, so I was leaving you cookies, and I took the empty one home. Wow, this is having layers. Now. <laughs> the original one was a different shade of blue, and it actually had you yeah, know the Danish the, the, cookie yeah, and it stuff on it. Yeah. Danks. and it didn't have that oh, yeah. sticker on there. For front. everyone's <laughs> reference, this one literally just says "Happy Holidays," and it just has trees on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it's a vendor. it's a blue circular tin. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really think about the, the cover of it. Clearly, because it's a goddamn different tin. <laughs> Honestly, this is the most surprising thing about the whole thing that is you are just now realizing this is not the same tin. One blue tin's the same as the next one. No. That's why I thought you were fucking with me when you showed it to me the first time because I'm like, that's not even the right tin. The other tin had butter cookies on the goddamn label. I didn't I, I don't need to know the what the label has. I, if it's a circular blue tin, <laughs> There's either butter cookies in it or there's sewing supplies. It doesn't matter what's on the top. Actually, I have one that has nails and like knickknacks things in it. Well, oh, there just, you go. There's a third yeah. one now. Yeah. Tool, tool and supplies. I, like screws, I have, nails. I have my sewing tin. Here's it's another not one. blue. Oh. Okay. Well, oh. you two are special. Now, <laughs> sit there and be special. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take my stuff out though. We can leave this tin here. Just take the tin with you. No, this is this is Paulette's ten. All right, well then give the ten back to Paulette. Well, you can have two now. I was just about to curse in Italian, but then I realized it has something. It's related to the word I can't say. Are you going to say "vafangul"? See, see, Kofi members, this is the mystery reward. Your blue tin. (laughs) Will it have cookies in it, or will it have sewing supplies in it? Oh, you won't know until you open it. That's a great idea. That is actually a pretty good idea. Tons yeah. of household ideas with that little tin. Hey, I've, I've got tons of sewing supplies in storage. Yeah. <laughs> and I got I got a set right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad it was Barry anyway. Yeah. I mean, so I mean I. it would have been fun if Deb was like, what the heck is this? Or Jeff was like, eh? But Barry, that makes it special. It does. I dislike you. <laughs> <laughs> I need new friends. 
I don't know. I I like these I, friends. I feel a lot of intent in the way he says I dislike you. Oh yeah, there's 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 action in the words some, <laughs> somewhere. I need to come up with a year long prank that you're going to ignore. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. you I know. Still got the masks, man. It'll it I'll, there'll be things like I get foreclosure papers and I'm ignoring them. Boy, Barry'll try anything, <laughs> won't he? Har har har. If the, you, sh- the sheriff shows oh, yeah. Henderson pulls out. Oh, come on. Is that uniform real? Yeah, come real. Yeah. What party star is that like, from? Nice boots, officer. I didn't know they made them for men. This <laughs> <laughs> gun's not loaded. <laughs> what is that? A, is that a play pistol? What is it? <laughs> Curse yeah. is not on the show anymore, guys. Uh, and then Duncan yeah. comes downstairs. and Five days later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kids eating all the soft parts of your body. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And that wow. got dark real fast already. <laughs> if you die, your cat will eat you. You know it's, what it's... cast you're on, right, Deb? <laughs> just just checking. News you don't give a shit about. Yeah! God damn it. <laughs> Boo. Sega and its stable of arcade classics yeah. were global sensations, making household names of self-published greats like sci-fi shooter Zaxxon and Track Day Racer Turbo. Now, after a remarkable 56 years maintaining a coin-operated gaming presence in its native Japan, Sega is reportedly getting out of the arcade business for good. Eurogamer reports that the company is pulling out of the Japanese parlor gaming market, selling all of its remaining arcades to another company. Sega has sold its remaining shares of its arcade business to Genda Incorporated, which will rebrand all the Japanese arcades picked up in the acquisition under its Gigo brand banner. The crowd-curbing effects of the pandemic already prompted Sega to sell 85% of its arcade shares to the same company in late 2020. The persistence of the pandemic, though, with new variants combined with the ongoing global demographic shift toward home-based gaming, reportedly compelled the company to offload the small remainder of its arcade shares. Sega- you know I heard there? We're getting a Dreamcast again! <laughs> Yeah. Sega had been in the arcade business for so long that its first games weren't even what we typically think typically think of video games. Rather, early Sega hits like Periscope from 1968 were hybrids, games that combined electronics with mechanical features. As the electronics industry refined arcade gaming boards in the 70s and 80s, Sega took advantage as both a developer and publisher of more contemporary arcade games, leading eventually to its entry in the home market console with the SG-1000, in 1983. Even though Sega stopped making consoles in 2001 with the demise of the Dreamcast, its games divisions blossomed in the past two decades. As, uh, in addition to the Sonic Renaissance, the company maintains a sizable present-day video game franchise lineup that includes hits like Bayonetta, Shenmue, uh, Valkyria Chronicles, and Yakuza. Uh, Sega isn't gone, but its arcade days are over. I would have thought Sega's arcade days would have been over already. Uh, well, but Jap- the Japanese arcade market is huge. It's, that makes it's sense. stagnated here in the U.S. a long time ago. But yeah. you could go like, well, especially some of the the travel videos that Todd used to watch. You'd just watch them go into Japanese arcades, and it's like wall to wall video games and claw machines and like everything else that Sega produced. Is it? I mean, it's it was did pretty the same incredible. thing happen over there that happened over here, where where arcades became sports simulator. 
things where it's a lot of racing games and dance dance and to, you know, the, to a small extent but not to the extent that it did over here the last time i was in an arcade was in houston in this place called cidercade which is actually pretty cool uh they sell nothing but cider i don't think they even sell beer just cider and, and soft drinks and all the video games are free now half of the of the of the arcade is like old school 80s games it's so awesome but then the other half is like the the racing games is the 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 shooters you know with the, you hold the gun and, and you get on the motorcycle and you you paddle down the river and well, all that stuff right to me that's not like real eh, core gaming i like the old they, stuff well they like to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks i mean it's just you know they'll try anything once to see if somebody well, we'll yeah. pick it up and play it, and if it becomes a hit or not. But, but the uh, bullet hell shooter was still very popular up until about 2010 in Japan. Yeah, yeah. although it might have waned since then, but it was still going strong up till then. Well, if you go by an arcade now, and in Vegas, I guess we have a few more than normal because the casinos usually have arcades for kids. Um, a lot of them are very small, and they're they're mainly either like claw games. Or the racing game, yeah, and and even right. then, fewer and fewer arcades in the casino. I'd be I'd be willing to my uneducated guess is probably they want games that we can't have at home. Yeah. So yeah, and I think because I think the arcade you're gonna have the the two things are gonna be nostalgia, like you said, the '80s side, yeah, where you want to get to that console and you know just play it, and then the other half is what can we have that no one's gonna have at home? Or pinball. Yeah, or pinball. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember, was it one of the newer, well, not newer at this point, but one of the Star Wars games that came out that you could fly through. It was either Hoth, Endor, or... Oh, and it, that? yeah, it was totally, had like the big screens. There's absolutely mm. the mm. style of like, you cannot have this at home yeah. type thing. I love that game. But that was newer. I want to say it was like mid-90s, maybe, late-90s, when they did the refresh of all of the original movies and re-release them in the theaters i know what you're talking about i just can't remember the name of it yeah but i, I loved that game yeah. but that that's kind of in line with it was one of those you absolutely can't have that at home there was a new one too that just came out recently like a couple of years ago where it's you sit in a pod almost yeah but the problem with that was it cost like five bucks like, yeah yikes what happened a quarter and you can <laughs> blow through that in five minutes so it's yeah. like a, a dollar a minute when you break it down and, and then you've got to put another freaking five bucks in to continue and it's yeah, it's it just wasn't worth it. I played that one at the the GameWorks uh, at here in Vegas, and I was surprised at how quick that game was. Because first time playing it through, you don't really know exactly what you're doing, even though you're following the the instructions that it's telling you what you're supposed to do. But I was amazed at how quickly I died, and that's you know somebody with a moderate skill level. <laughs> I can't imagine you know somebody that's a fairly novice video game player getting in and going. Oh, I'm dead already. Oh well, I gotta put another five bucks in the machine. So arcades are are on yeah. on the or well, low, lower now. But what about pachinko parlors? And it, why don't we get some of those here? It depends on whether you're talking about new arcades or you're talking like nostalgia arcades because nostalgia arcades are popping up left and right. Yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting because you mentioned it in the the story there, Todd, about the the mechanical electrical games because uh, a few of these specialty arcades uh you know museums are refurbishing these things um just as an example the pinball hall of fame here in vegas they have some of those old machines and somehow they're keeping them working i mean they're down frequently because a lot of the parts aren't made anymore and 
somehow they have been able to fashion new parts from scratch uh, by hand or finding old scrapped ones and then buying the parts off of them. But uh, they do, honestly, they do a fantastic job of keeping some of those machines that are 50, 60 years old still functioning. Some of them are even older than that. Like some of the pinball machines in there are at least 70 years old. There's some old ass pinball machines in there. And they work. So, yeah. All right. Now, I've never been in this place. Uh, Not them. I'm talking about a new place. Mm -hmm. Uh, The place called the Red Dragon. It's right next to uh, MGM Grand, uh, but behind it, Koval Lane. There's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's, it looks, it's a dive. Obviously, a divey, divey place. But in their window, they advertise Pachinko. Really? Really? Yeah. And they have it in neon on their window. So. Whether it's something they still, it, whether it's something they still have after all this time, or they just got rid of it and can't be bothered to remove the sign, so there's a potential that there's pachinko in town. When I was uh, in grade school, um, one of my classmates had an actual Japanese pachinko machine that somehow his parents got over here to the states. We would play that. It that thing was so much fun because it had so much going on. It's so loud when you're, you know six seven years old oh, yeah. just like all these little things spinning and the little dials and the ramps and that's yeah. those, those 70 mechanical yeah. machines oh and it was noisy as hell too okay and, hold and on, some hold of on. it There's was a... intentionally noisy and some of it was just because it was all old and mechanical there was no electricity needed to run this particular machine <laughs> i just realized so there's gonna be people who don't know what pachinko is can you describe mm. it Pachinko is how Japan gets away with gambling while still having gambling laws. Yeah. Uh, they are stand upright pinball of sorts without flippers. That's You flip up the ball and it goes down to certain pegs. Tiny P- little balls. Yeah. Pachinko, uh, of, if you've seen Plinko on uh, Price is right, right. right, it kind of works in that. Uh, but you can win at this by getting more balls. You buy a set of balls. It's like so many cents per balls. Little metal. Yeah, be- like the little ball, ball bearings. bearings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's Henry Cavill, <laughs> I, I get it. Right. Henry Cavill. <laughs> <laughs> and the object is to leave with more balls than you came in with. All right. That's, that's my object. <laughs> so if you get into certain, if it lands into certain slots, which are, of course, harder to hit on the board uh, it pays out in ball bearings you then turn those in uh, which you can turn in for prizes or you can turn in for, for a voucher which you go outside the building to another small building to turn that in uh, for a cash out and that's how they get away with gambling without gambling now they're complicated machines there's so much going on yeah they remind me of the slot machines I saw in England I do not understand those at all. Fruit machines in England are awesome. I do not understand them. What? I put out like a, a pound in one and, and a bunch of lights went up and, and reels spin and, and, there was, and there was bells and I have no idea what happened. And then it goes, eh, you're a loser. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't even give me that. The If you go to Vegas and or to any casino and you play a slot machine that has bonus things that you can win on it, that owes everything to the fruit machines. The fruit machines have been doing that for decades. Fruit machines. That's what they're called in England. Okay. Uh, slot machines in England, fruit machines. Fine. You see them in the, uh, one or two in a pub or sometimes there's some dedicated places. Yeah, that's where I saw it. It was in a pub. Right. Uh, Big surprise. But when I went there in the 
uh, early mid nineties. I was playing fruit machines with this whole bonus thing and each some will have like a board game at the top and there, there's so many different variations and yes, they're much more complicated than your average slot machine. But uh, you know what? If you want to try one out and you have a tablet or even on your phone, you can download fruit machine games for your phone slash iPad slash tablet, whatever. So if you want to get to know what playing one is like, that will kind of teach you. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I couldn't even figure out the basic premise of everyone's of different. It. They're they're so complicated. We were in Inverness and we walked uh, into like a little fruit machine. Now that I know what it is, parlor. And I looked around and you're like, "Who's Vegas?" Confused <laughs> and scared and walked out. Of it. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Now they can be intimidating, absolutely. But they're just they're slot machines, but more complicated. Instead of uh, winning direct payouts, you usually win tries for the upper su- upper part payout instead. That's that's what gets most Americans confused. Hey Deb, what does scared Barry look like? Because I've seen confused Barry a lot. I don't think I've ever seen scared Barry. I think he was more confused. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because Scared Barry, I've only seen a couple of times, too. Mm. In what instances? Tell me about those. (laughs) Tell me about them, too. You're about to see it when we put on those inflatable ball suits. (laughs) Is that that why he has no memory? Because he he doesn't remember ever being scared? He's blacked out. Well, it happened a couple of times while I was driving, most likely. Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. When you're driving, I'm white knuckling that shit. Drives me fucking nuts when you do that too. By the way, I'm not even. I'm not driving crazy, just and then he's casually just like, grab he like the ocean himself handle. and grabs the ocean handle. Ladies and, and like, gentlemen, Deb grew up driving in California. That's her with fly. a dad. My dad mm-hmm. used to mountain race cars. Ah, so see, that's a whole other layer I wasn't aware of. Just Michael could also tell you about our trip to Scotland mm. in 2019. Was he, I had was he scared too? Well. I had a whole car full of people, and I probably scared them just a little bit, but <laughs> I was having bit. so much fun. <laughs> just a little bit. The only time I've ever been scared when Deb is driving is when we were in Florida in the rental car, and she's trying to get on the highway, and uh, people really weren't allowing her to merge, so she forced her way in. That was the only time I was like... I'm just going to close my eyes and hope this works out for the best. <laughs> That's many, the California in me. Uh, how, many, how many times have you ridden with Deb, Jeff? I've, I've ridden with her dr- driving okay. several times. Okay. That was the only time that I ever felt scared for my life. I've never, and, and no. I, I don't think I ever I'm will I'm not going to start. Yeah, no. I'm a good her driver. driving is much. fine sometimes. That was just driving like driveway. Sometimes. <laughs> Whatever. I'm a very good driver. Whatever. I am a good driver. I'm a very good driver. I'm an excellent driver. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I just like to drive fast. And I yeah. like take curves quickly. Yeah. With a car full of baggage and two people in the back. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right, right, tailgating some guy. Yeah. And then the whole Yellow time. Yellow lights. Fuck, 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 fuck. Yellow fuck, lights are just the, a suggestion. What the fuck is it doing? Dude, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That was weird. Wow, there were two devs in the room next for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy. But I like how she apparently gets all these opportunities to do this. It's like you don't hear this. No, Deb's not driving. Uh, are you going to stop her? I'm yeah. Just, yeah, you go ahead and try that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll drive my own car. Well, then she would side seat drive. No, are you one of those? I really only do that to him. 
Well, that's some bullshit. When was the last time I rode I in a car you with drive. you? I just let you drive. That's just, that's just it. No, no, you could. You two continue. I'm just yeah, going to step back a little bit. <laughs> it's fine. I'm glad fine. this is recorded. <laughs> it all works out. We're both alive. That's all I can ask. <laughs> Weekend Geek! Uh-huh. Hey! Sony Interactive Entertainment has announced that they have acquired Bungie, the video game developer behind franchises such as Halo and Destiny. Sony paid $3.6 billion for the company. The deal will give Sony Games Division access to Bungie's, quote, world-class approach to live game services, love that term, and technology expertise, unquote. Uh, Bungie will continue to operate independently as a subsidiary of Sony Interactive Entertainment. It will be run by Bungie's board of directors, chaired by Pete Parsons of Bungie's current management team. Currently, the team is focused on the long-term development of the successful Destiny 2, expanding the Destiny universe, and creating entirely new worlds in future IP. Uh, I'm glad Sony's getting something uh, with all the Microsoft purchases. This is a... I mean, Bungie used to be in Microsoft's yeah. camp once upon a time. Right. Well, yeah, they, they were owned by Microsoft for a while. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say that I still remain completely unimpressed by the Destiny franchise, both one and two. Yeah, you and me both. It's, uh, I, 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 there's a lot of people that play it, though, and I just... I, I'm not saying it's a bad game. I just say I don't understand the appeal. It's a live service game. Those don't tend to be my t- cup of tea. They're they're games where you don't impact the world whatsoever, no matter what you do. It's an MMO. Yeah. So it's it's the, it's this. You go to the uh, instance, and it's the same enemies that you went there the last time, and you just do it to grind up. Well, it's it is kind of fascinating with Bungie though, because they've really only had two major properties throughout their existence. They had Halo which is why Microsoft bought them initially because they wanted exclusivity to Halo for the long term because it was rumored at the time that Microsoft bought them that Bungie wanted to open up Halo to other platforms. Arguably, Microsoft is Halo. Yeah, and so once Bungie decided they were done with Halo and several of the people that had developed it spun off and formed 343 Industries, Microsoft had no problem signing them to an exclusive deal and then letting Bungie uh, go back on the market and do whatever they want. Then they come out with Destiny. But other than that, I mean, I can't, I don't remember any other games that Bungie has developed over the last 20 years other than Halo and Destiny. Nothing I can think of. And I don't begrudge them their success. Sure. Live service games, frankly, most of those don't last. This one has. Yeah, and if you can come up with one great idea that sells and is sustaining, that's great, but they've now had two. Uh, Although, it wouldn't surprise me if Sony bought them for Destiny, and then maybe later down the line, the same thing happens. They have some of these Destiny developers start their own company, and then Sony sells off what's left to Bungie. <laughs> so, right, and, and keeps uh, Destiny 3. Yes, exactly. So he's also thinking once Paramount Plus drops the new Halo series, oh, there's right. going to be Halo interest. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it, you know, so. it's very possible that you'll get a Destiny TV series somewhere and they they want to, you know, be first, a Sony for, production. First, you need an interesting story. Right. Well, yeah, there's that. 
That Dungeons & Dragons TV show has moved forward with the hiring of Red Notice director Rawson Martian Thurber. The filmmaker has been tapped to, quote, creatively oversee the show as an executive producer. He'll also be writing and directing the pilot. Wait, what's his middle name? Rawson Marshall Thurber. I, I, for, I, th- I thought you said Martian. Sorry. It could be. I, I don't know for sure. I, I've <laughs> never met the guy. Okay. Uh, Thurber stated that he'd start on D&D after he completes production on a film adaptation of Tom Clancy's The Division for Netflix. It's another live service game. In addition, Netflix recently handed down the green light for two more Red Notice sequels with Dwayne Johnson, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Thurber's previously, previous efforts include comedies like Dodgeball and We're the Millers. The announcement of the involvement makes no mention of John Wick vet Derek Kolstad, who was originally said to be writing up a pitch for the TV adaptation of D&D. Of course, it's very possible that his job only extended as far as laying a foundation for what the series will become. Uh, Paramount's Dungeons & Dragons movie is also on the way from Game Night co-creators Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, uh, slated for a theatrical bow in uh, early March of 2023. Bow? Sure. Or bow? I I like bow because it's going to be all wrapped up and pretty. (laughs) Ah. Please be five kids that get sucked into a world when they go into a ride. That would be great. (laughs) Uh, The film boasts an ensemble cast of Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, uh, Reza Jean Page, uh, Justice Smith, Sophia Lillis, and Hugh Grant. Uh, production wrapped last summer. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Do and we you, have any? And you look at me. Do well, I have to? Because, because we know that you're the one that's really intently hoping yeah. that it's a good series. Do we have any plot Cause, details? Because we know no. you've been let down many times in the past. Uh-huh. When's it yeah. supposed to come out again? 2023. The movie 2023, there's no... Uh, Indicating when the TV show will come yeah. out. The the Jeremy movie. Jeremy Irons gonna make a cameo. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> the movie. All I got was that Pine is a, if I if I read it right, a former paladin who's now a rogue. <laughs> and he's, what did he take do classes that. in? Ro- what? <laughs> yeah, they they. He found some thieves' tools. Oh, he had a high dexterity God. already. He got disillusioned or some bullshit. Did they put a bunch of words in a blender and oh, then just drew dude, them out and applied it to the script they, they had sitting on the shelf? What they fucking do is they look down the list of classes and they go, "Oh, rogue. That's undoubtedly going to be the most interesting character." No, so the bard. Le- the lead uh, of this ensemble, which is not going to be an ensemble, will be a rogue, and you know that's. I mean, the original D and D movie. It was. It Ugh. was just. And it was just like, oh, you guys are not... So, I don't know. You know, you're right, Barry, because Witcher got it right. The Bard is the most interesting character Bard in that series. So. Well, yeah. I'll say our game in Houston, our leader was a rogue. And he's a rogue? <laughs> Does it count? So. No, nobody's helping. <laughs> <laughs> no one's helping. You're not going to convince Kirsten. <laughs> yeah. So... Just it's like, just, just like uh, you'll never convince him that a bard is a interesting character. That's right. Or halfling. <laughs> or halfling. Or not some degenerate perversion thing. Kirsten is is permanently against halflings and halfling bards. Jaded. He's very jaded. He is. Yeah. <laughs> The Star Wars universe is expanding within video games. Electronic Arts and Lucasfilm Games announced three new titles. Respawn Entertainment will be leading the charge on these projects, which the first of which is described as, quote, the next game in the action-adventure Star Wars Jedi series. 
However, it's unclear that if it'll be a, the long-rumored sequel to 2019's Fallen Order or focus on a different Force user. Uh, Stieg Asmussen res- returns as game Bless director. You. Thank you. The second mystery title is a first-person shooter. No specifics were released at the time beyond that announcement that uh, Peter Hirschman, as the former VP of development at LucasArts. Battlefront 4. And an executive producer on the original Battlefront games will serve <gasps> as the game director. Uh, the third and final undertaking is I a... I know my Star Wars. Oh, shit. <laughs> third... I wouldn't mind a new Jedi That's Academy. Right. <laughs> We're the ones who know Star Wars, uh... not like those other fake people. What games would you uh, like to greenlight, man babies? One that's not with Cass and Katie. Okay, okay. Uh... Yeah. Or actually, how about like a torture game? Yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. one. Well, we, we, no, we, we, Kathleen Kennedy is a Palpatine. <laughs> the third and final undertaking is a strategy game pr- produced by Respawn and developed by the newly formed Bit Reactor Studio. Uh, Greg Forch, co-founder of Bit Reactor, will direct. Active production is currently underway for all three games. Strategy, like uh, there's no indication of like real like time, missed? individual. If it's going to be like Final Fantasy Tactics, I have no idea. What was the Star oh, Wars? What was the Star that. Wars real-time strategy game? What was that called? Was it Galactic Battlegrounds? Or? No, I know what you're talking about. Um, it's good. Yeah, you play the. Uh, you play fuck, a Gal- Galactic fuck something. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, it was good. And that was nice. But have we? Did, was there any mention of Eclipse? No, that's it's all separate from Eclipse. Oh, because I saw only thing I know about Eclipse is this amazing trailer. I mean, I've never been excited by a game like like Eclipse made me excited. So uh, I was hoping you had some details. Star on Wars that. Eclipse. Yeah. yeah. You haven't seen the trailer? Nah. Okay. I... After the show, you and I are going to oh, what? Take a walk over to the other room. We're going to show you the trailer. Empire at War. Star Wars Empire at War. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was good. Yeah, 2006. Galactic Battlegrounds. I don't even know what that is. Whatever. I anyway. don't know. I kind of like Galactic Fuck. I <laughs> oh. want that one. <laughs> I still, one of my favorite, well, Fallen Order is good, um, but Jedi Knights the Old Republic is still one of my favorite games. Used to be on the old Xbox, the original Xbox. Like Galactic Fuck? Yeah. It's a, it's a strategy game. Is it? Real yeah. time. Where'd you hear about that? Uh, uh, Barry, <laughs> would, I, no, uh, Matt was like galactic. Uh, fuck, couldn't have, couldn't have heard that from me. I don't have that word anymore. <laughs> galactic, yeah, the other one. Oh, I thought that was just your experience at Star Trek. The experience, yeah, it was galactic. Fuck, it was a galactic. Fuck, <sighs> oh my god, fest, maybe. How much, <laughs> how much would it cost to Barry to sell the word star? Well, ask him. No. How much you got? <laughs> Five dollars. And a and a tin of uh, sewing <laughs> Blue supplies. Blue tin with sewing supplies. <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that. Yeah, one. star. Star, star, star. I'm I wanna see you go without star. Yeah. You could just call it the wars. And the trek. Yeah, the trek. Yeah. Trek. Trek wars. Trek wars. No. That's we, a thing already. That's is tech, it? Tech oh, war. I'm sorry. War no, Trek. that's Tech Wars. That's a. That Trek Wars is the thing. Is it? No. Because I want I'm sure Geek it Shock should be. to produce the first person shooter Trek Wars. I think that was called a Star Trek Voyager. What? The TV show for no, the girls? Video game. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. Elite Force? That the Trek game? Wars revival mod for Star Wars Empire at War Forces of Corruption. There it is. Empire at War. 
Well, that just blows. <laughs> How yeah. about mic drop? Or okay, so then star star. What are you even? Are you having a stroke? <laughs> no, I'm just. I'm. I'm looking at ways that we can, like, you know, and, and get yeah, all I don't of the know. science fiction geeks in. No, none of this polarization, separation of geeks. We are one. How about Doom where Trek? we go one, we go all. No, Doom Trek. Doom Trek. Single file. No, that's what we'll call it. Single file. Yeah, <laughs> colon, so we can hide our numbers. <laughs> These are all very imaginative and terrible ideas. Colon, <laughs> Barry smoking butt. Take all those ideas. Barry smoking colon. There it is. That's the one. There we go. Talk about a real time strategy game. Would it be colon or semicolon? I, yeah, let's give Barry the whole colon. Okay. Thanks. I need you to write all these down, put them in the toilet, and flush twice. Ah, uh, that's what a colon would say. <laughs> the look, ladies and gentlemen. Barry's look. barbecue. You know? You're, 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 you got your resource management, how much oh. hickory you're putting in. Oh, no, there's a whole bunch of wind. How are you going to barbecue today? Right? And he like... Sheer determination, it. apparently. <laughs> yeah. And then you get boop, boop, boop. Oh, unnecessary meeting. Oh, my God. And then you got... You know what I hate inside. the most about this idea? I would play this game. <laughs> you played it. If oh. it was like a dollar on Steam, I would play this game. Uh-oh. Save versus hat. <laughs> I almost lost so, my hat. So are you saying that the meeting this morning... You you rolled a fail on the, uh, the length of the meeting? Twice. Twice? Twice. Ooh, God. Two meetings were supposed to be like 20 minutes. Nope. Hour. This week, we lost Peter Robbins, the former child actor best known for being the first kid to voice Charles Schultz's Charlie Brown. He died at the age of 65. Uh, Though he long ago moved on from acting and struggled with mental health issues and legal troubles in his adult life. And Mad's apparently struggling with walking in his adult life. (laughs) He's caught on the chair. Yeah. Stuck in my pocket. Uh, <laughs> that's, wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Robin's voice was immortalized in pop culture as the definitive version of Charlie Brown. Though other voice actors have since taken over the character, Robin's is best known version of Charlie Brown thanks to his presence in the two most beloved specials to feature the character. A Charlie Brown Christmas in 1965 and It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown in 1966. Robbins began voice acting the star of Schultz's Peanut comic strip at the age of nine in 1963 for a TV documentary, A Boy Named Charlie Brown. The documentary featured animated sequences starring Peanut's characters and was an instrumental step in getting the latter uh, holiday special produced. Made quickly in the 1965 holiday season, A Charlie Brown Christmas famously featured real children as the Peanuts gang rather than a voice, uh, adult voice actors playing children. Robbins returned for several more specials as Charlie Brown through the 1960s, while also appearing in live-action TV series like The Donna Reed Show, Rawhide, The Munsters, and more. He played Charlie Brown into his teenage years before being replaced by another child actor. Robbins moved away from acting in the 1970s, but continued to appear in specials commemorating various Charlie Brown anniversaries. Also, we lost uh, writer-editor Brian Augustin. 
Uh, Augustin made his name in comics as senior editor for DC Comics from 1987 through 1996, editing major titles including Justice League, Flash, Wonder Woman, while also working closely with Mark Wade as a fellow editor and later writer. Augustin also broke new ground for DC as the writer for Batman Gotham by Gaslight, the very first Elseworlds title from the DC's former alt-reality-focused line. Alongside co-writer Wade, Augustin also redefined the origins of the Justice League in JLA Year, year One, which adapted the team's earliest adventures for a modern context. He also teamed up with Wade once again for an extended fan-favorite run on The Flash, which brought Wally West to the forefront of the DC Universe. So we honor them both. Star Trek's CBD. I think we are, I'm sorry. Star Star, Starfleet Academy, <laughs> is in development at CBS Studios and Alex Kurtzman. CBS. Let's start that one again. Star Trek, Starfleet Academy is in development at CBS Studios and Alex Kurtzman, studio-based secret hideout for Paramount+. Plus. Alex Kurtzman, he's been fired. They fired him. Did they now? Yeah. How long ago? Oh, uh, last time? <laughs> No. The series is set amongst the College of Cadets, mentored by the, for leadership roles in the United Federation of Planets. Absentia co-writer Gaia Violo is currently working on a, a take for the project, with the Star Trek spinoff Section 31, starring Michelle Yeoh, expected to get a pickup soon. Starfleet Academy is believed to be next in the development pipeline. Uh, there's been rumblings about a Starfleet Academy series for decades at this point. Honestly, yeah. not interested in seeing it. Yeah, it's really Hog Hogwarts for science fiction. It was yeah. originally supposed to be the sixth movie uh, before we got <sighs> Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Uh, that was kind of the falling out between Harv Bennett and the, the studio because the studio wanted to bring back the original series cast for a final run <laughs> and Bennett was wanting to think forward as far as casting all the characters as, again, you know, basically what they did with the 09 movie. Okay, so younger but, versions yeah. of the characters we know. Yeah, in Starfleet Academy and then, you know, spinning it yeah, off. Yeah, because they there. were all there at the same time. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's the movie <laughs> universe. You know how that goes. Yeah. But, uh, but I yeah. really Spock's like, the... yeah, I've been here for 100 years. I can't. Uh... <laughs> Fifth year senior Spock. <laughs> I really like what they did with the Starfleet Academy video game. If you remember that from yeah. the 90s. No, I don't. Tell me about it. Yeah, really? It you you didn't have game. a lifetime yeah. subscription to that, CD, CD-ROM game, that yeah. Asshole. <laughs> You'll never live that down. Multi no, CD-ROM don't game, deserve I it. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of video, like live action video yeah. involved in that. And all the, like, Kirk was in it, Sulu, yeah. Chekhov. Was Spock? Yeah, Spock was in it. I, I don't think Spock was in it, but I do remember um, Sulu, Chekhov, uh, Kirk, and I think Scotty was in there too. And I think there was another part of it, or, or maybe it was a sequel, where you could play as the Klingons. And um, uh, Oh, that was Plummer. Klingon Academy, right? Yeah, Christopher Plummer was in that. See that, that was that, I, that was one I never Klingon played. Klingon Academy. I don't think I ever played Klingon because that's how they did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that trial by death. Yeah, yeah. Just I just imagine the Klingons like, okay, here's here's your first trial. We're just gonna throw you on this yeah. this Klingon uh, warbird, and you got to figure everything else, or you're fucking. Well, it's like, you're no, like no, thirteen. Come on, you're pain sticks. Let's yeah, get the pain sticks exactly. going. You're you're like, thirteen. They drag you on a warbird. 
And there you go. I think learn by experience. I think Lower Decks did it right with the Klingons. Right yeah. 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 Lower Decks does a lot of things right. Yes, they do. <laughs> so much right. But if you ever get a chance, look on YouTube. I'm sure it's out there. Oh, yeah, where someone has compiled all the cut scenes from the original Starfleet Academy game. Yeah. Huh. And they're really good. It's like a tiny little movie with yeah, Kirk that, and that's, Spock. That's and, all of the that, like 90s video, uh, CD-ROM games, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dune yeah. was like that. Command and Conquer was like that. The, the, yeah. The, the but, live action. But, oh, but Joe Matt, Keegan, man. In, in this case, Todd can get his money's worth. Oh. <laughs> they also had uh, Star Trek Borg um, that had John Delancey in it as Q. Did it? Yeah. That was another, it had a lot of video clips on there. That's another one that's on that's YouTube. That's starting soon, isn't it? The second season of Picard. Uh, March 1st, I think. That's soon. What was the gameplay of Star Trek Borg? Yeah, what was that? Uh, I'm trying to remember all of it, but uh, I know that you you get assimilated, but you don't get assimilated all the way, and um, you have to basically try to... You just to stand really still. ...escape from the, the really, Borg cube. Yeah, and really that half so like and Q? half assimilation is just... Something like that. It's... You'd have to you'd have to look actually it is on YouTube. So how hard is it Go to on escape YouTube. the board cube because you don't become a threat they leave you alone. <laughs> so you got to play the game transporters. All right. You're talking about something that I did like 25 years ago. I don't remember the exact. Okay. I think all of the game because I played a lot of CD-ROM games around that time. Yeah, Jeff can't remember what we talked about last week. Yeah, really. I think it was kind of Super Mario. The cube, you had to like go up levels. Oh, no. shut up. <laughs> Though I do want to play that now. <laughs> you know, the banana peels are the worst. Yeah. Except they're, God, what's what's the banana peel of Star Trek? Banana peels. <laughs> I don't know. Major, wow. Major Stepping Bernard on a self sealing <laughs> symbol. Uh, goes, there you go. Barry, that's how you... You've lost touch, man. Bananas exist You Star used to be Trek. the man. You could write down warp formulas. I still can. And you know what? Bananas exist in Star Trek. Ah, your bananas. <laughs> if they're what made in a replicator. Like, yeah, a replicator. Like plant yeah. Bananas <laughs> exist in Star Trek. Isn't there a banana in the, the, the animated Star Trek thing? Figures heavily in one of the episodes? What? What? I don't know. Lower decks? You know a what? Banana? I know the... Okay, <laughs> yeah. hold on. There's a difference between me saying bananas exist in Star Trek and me actually can pointing to... Can, <laughs> me being able to point to a scene where a banana is shown, either animated or live action. Can anyone do that? Uh, I just did. It's in lower decks. <laughs> wow. When? Todd outbarried Barry. I think it's in the toward the end of the first season, if my memory serves. All right, it's worth a rewatch. All right, doesn't look Riker, for the Riker banana. Do it like a leg lift over one or something. Oh yeah. Is it the one where they're in the uh, the little <laughs> banana hot? Banana hot. Yeah, that's right. Yes. He orders a banana that's hot. That's the episode. Who orders a banana hot? <laughs> a banana hot. <laughs> I need to see that. Season one, episode one. Oh well, there it is. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> Bananas exist. <laughs> <laughs> Why was this a, even That's a question? <laughs> Banana hot. <laughs> Barry doesn't just want to be right. He has to be right. It It's it's a cornerstone of his very existence. Interesting words coming from you, Jeff. I know, right? <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Let's do some red light, green light. Woo-hoo. Oh, yeah. Doesn't matter.
it anyway. Oh? 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 No? Okay. Oh? Oh, 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 who's that kid with hot banana? Yellow light. (laughs) (laughs) You're almost sold. Yeah. All right, I bring this production of Done Right Productions to order. It's a meeting, not a production, but we're moving ahead anyway. I got four more pitches for you, and one or more of them may be fake. You only get the green light one of them, and here are your choices. The Liar of Red Valley, The Ark, House of Secrets, and Ray Bearer. There we are. No, it's right. No, not a remake amongst them this time. So here you go. Listen carefully. What do you like? We're going to start with The Liar of Red Valley. Netflix has beaten out a number of bidders for the small screen rights to The Liar of Red Valley, a story of magic, monsters, and secrets in a small rural California town. Netflix is developing the project as a, as a series with the author Walter Goodwater. Sons of Anarchy co-creator Kurt Sutter is on board to produce. Here's a description from the book. As the repository of the town's secrets, the liar is despised. Until today, the liar of Red Valley had been Sadie's mother. However, she had died of cancer that practically no one knew that she had. In Red Valley, California, you follow the rules if you want to stay alive. Do not trust the liar. Do not go in the river. Do not cross the king. But they won't be enough to protect Sadie now that she has become the liar, the keeper of the town's many secrets. In Red Valley... Lies are costly because if you're willing to pay the liar's price, the lie becomes the truth. You tell the liar you lie, she writes it in her ledger, you pay the fee, and you seal it with your blood and a portion of your life. The bigger the lie, the more your future life, hours, weeks, days, years. But there's more than meets the eye in this town. There's a powerful king who oversees the land, a sheriff who's determined to bring down the king, mysterious creatures lurking amongst the humans, and the liar who guards the town's secrets and has the power to reshape the world. That's too, the liar too confusing. Of, red light. Yeah. Liar of Red Valley. What do you think? Little that was monkey's paw. Too confusing. That was yeah. written by a fruit machine, wasn't it? <laughs> it's not confusing. There's it's complex. Stuff all over the place. It's like, complex. Well, that's hmm. <laughs> wow. There's too much going on yeah. in that show. Too much. Too much going on. Have you seen the Sopranos in your life? Mm hmm. Got over it. here. That's a complex lot going on show. <laughs> There's a lot going on in Gabagool. All right. Yeah, but, but <laughs> the pitch for Sopranos yes. is not like that. That's true. I like the pitch for this. It sounds interesting. Of course, you, you you see a CW show there, don't you? Young adult, you're all over that. You know, I don't see that. No. No. <laughs> Sorry, man. All right. I see more like sci-fi channel. Yeah. See, well, it is on yeah. ne- it, Netflix. Has got the yeah. one the bitters right. I see like stretched out mystery, which is kind of mm, gives me a little, little worried. But eh, if it's entertaining, let's have a stacks against the arc. Dean Devlin, the writer and producer of big screen sci-fi touchstones Independence Day and Stargate, is headed to deep space for his next adventure with the sci-fi original series, The Ark. The high-concept sci-fi series follows the crew of a spacecraft as they try to stay alive after a devastating event destroys part of their ship, derailing its mission to save mankind. Devlin will serve as co-showrunner on the series alongside Jonathan Glasner, who did Stargate SG-1. 
The story is set 100 years in the future at a time when planetary colonization missions have become a necessity to secure the survival of the human race. The series follows the crew of Ark-1 after they encounter the disaster on their mission with more than a year left to go before reaching their destination. They'll grapple with a lack of life-sustaining supplies and a leadership vacuum forcing the remaining crew to become the best versions of themselves to stay on course and stay alive. Sci-Fi has ordered the arc straight to series for a 12-episode season, with production slated to kick off in March. What do you think of the arc? I liked it better when it was called Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, I've seen that one before. Oh. Yeah, I liked it better when it was called Moses. <laughs> it doesn't sound exactly like Battlestar. No. Joseph, no. But it does sound it's like it's that it's sci-fi movie. Frank. Not the Raised by wolves? Or the... No. Um, blanking on it right now. But they send some the astronauts um, out to, to spec planets. Lost in space? And they um, his daughter's on Earth and corn is like the only thing that can grow anymore. Interstellar? Thank you. It sounds like Interstellar. Eh, I get Little Battlestar. Bit. You know. I'm not getting any Battlestar vibes from that one. No. I mean, aside I, from the Cylons. It's because it's a single ship. It's not fighting against, you know, an alien species or, I said, you know, aside from the Cylons. <laughs> well, because, <laughs> you know, Battlestar Galactica, you take out the Cylons, it's still Battlestar well, Galactica. Well, you got to take no. out the ragtag fugitive fleet, too, yeah. because it's one ship. It's all about the Cylons. That's being hunted by the Cylons. ship. A post-disaster ship that's trying to figure out how to make it on the rest of their mission. It sounds to me more like Voyager, but with actual danger. Yeah. And not written for girls. I, I think that's interesting, though. That you're wait, Alex. wait, what? <laughs> what? Uh, that's just my bit. Oh, okay. I, I annoy, is that your bit? Uh, that's what it is? I annoy the hell out of Vernon's girlfriend because she's a Voyager fan, and, and I say, Voyager. Yeah, that was written for girls. That's Star Trek for girls. And she's a rabid feminist, so she gets ready to claw my eyes out. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Okay. It's how we get along. All right. It almost seems deservedly so, though, what? Kirsten. <laughs> oh. <laughs> There's no non-microphone talking in here. What's going on over there? It wasn't nice. Hold on. <laughs> you have listened to our podcast, right? You have listened to Kirsten, True. right? Yeah. True. That's right. Um, he works blue. Who did you say? It was Dean Devlin, and who was the other producer from uh, SG-1? Lasner. Jonathan Glasner. Glasner. Okay, I was going to say, because that's yeah. interesting that uh, Devlin wasn't a fan of the the Stargate TV series, but that they would be pairing up to produce this. <laughs> but uh, it, I don't know. Uh, I like a good sci-fi series. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on yeah. board. Sure. Let's see how it goes with House of Secrets. Disney Plus is teaming up with Chris Columbus to develop a series adaptation of the action-adventure fantasy book series House of Secrets. Columbus, the director of Home Alone and Harry Potter, co-authored the book series with the late Ned Vizzini. The story revolves around siblings Brendan, Eleanor, and Cordelia Walker, quote, who aren't pleased when their family relocates to a creepy Victorian house once owned by occult novelist Christopher Denver Kristoff. By the time the walkers realize that their new neighbor has sinister plans for them, they're trapped in the magical house, traveling through the fantastical intertwined universes of Kristoff's <laughs> novels. Unquote. What do you think of House of Secrets for Disney Plus? Sounds similar to the Narnia books, doesn't it? <laughs> or like a lemony. Are we going with all these pitch memes? It sounds similar. It, it just takes the littlest, tiniest bit. Yep. There are people in this. Weren't there people in that <laughs> series? 
Was there a banana? <laughs> there was a banana. Um, yeah. yeah. yeah it's not saw me. None of these saw me so far. What was that Netflix series we watched with the, the lemony Snicket? Snicket. Yes. Where the kids are, of, go to a house yeah. and the yes. series yeah. of unfortunate events. That, either yes. that. Or the house with a clock in the walls. Yeah, there's a lot of creepy mansion stories out there. Yeah. Where kids go to a creepy mansion and... You know? it's, it's a, well, there's it's, a reason. Yeah, Weren't you ever a young kid who went no. to a building that kind of freaked you out? School. Was not, he came out looking good. <laughs> My mother's parents' house I always thought was creepy because it was a much older house and it just, it creaked everywhere. Uh, it, yeah, that thing freaked me out for like most of my formative years. When I got older, I, it didn't bother me as much. But yeah, when I was really young, I hated going to my, my mom's parents' house. Yeah, it's a, it's a trope uh, that a lot of people connect to. Yep. Especially, I would say, people who grew up in parts of the United States that Aren't are desert. older. Had, well, that are older. That had houses. That has had history. Ha- old Victorian houses that are over 100 years old. People that grew up in a country. You know. <laughs> <laughs> or, or European <laughs> houses that are even now. older. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, in Europe, yeah. Hundreds of years old. Let's see how it stacks to a ray bearer. Gina Atwater, who worked on projects such as Westworld and Star Wars The Force Awakens, is set to develop a series adaptation of the West African-inspired fantasy young adult novel Raybearer, written by Jordan Ifueko for Netflix. Here's the description from the book. Nothing is more important than loyalty. But what if you've sworn to protect the one you're born to destroy? Teresai has always longed for the warmth of family. She was raised in isolation by a mysterious, often absent mother only known as the Lady. The Lady sends her to the capital of the global empire of Aristar to compete with other children to be chosen as one of the Crown Prince's Council of Eleven. If she's picked, she'll be joined with the other council members through the Ray, a bond deeper than blood. That's That closeness is irresistible to Teresai, who has always wanted to belong somewhere. But the lady has other ideas, including a magical wish that Teresai is compelled to obey. Kill the crown prince once she gains his trust. Teresai won't stand by and become someone's pawn, but is she strong enough to choose a different path for herself? Raybearer is the story of loyalty, fate, and the links we're willing to go for the ones we love. What do you think of Raybearer? Yeah. Yeah. What, what does this one sound like, Barry? nothing it doesn't sound like anything that i can think of i'm just not interested so barry likes it because it's original no there you go hunger games with like i don't know yeah i don't don't know (laughs) hunger games with random shit that's my next log line (laughs) (laughs) none of those grabbed my attention at all actually Ah. quite a few of these grabbed mine this time Uh uh-oh one one for me well, there you have it. Those are your choices. All the right. Liar of Red Valley, The Ark, House of Secrets, and Ray Bearer. Uh, where do you put your green light, Ms. Maple Leaf? Probably The Liar. All right, The Liar. Deb. I agree. The Liar of Red Valley. Matt. Fuck it. The Liar. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, that was really convincing. <laughs> you really sold me on that. Barry, where'd you put your green light? Not because of Matt, but the only one that sounds interesting is the liar. Jeff. I'm gonna go with the arc. 
that one it's the only one that I and, and I need another good sci-fi series on TV. Interstellar too. Uh, yeah, I liked Interstellar a lot. So yeah, I, did I mean, too. Interstellar Galactica. Great soundtrack. And and frankly, <laughs> of the four pitches, that's the only one that piqued my interest those, at all. Those like arc style TV shows. You don't want to be the captain because your 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 cryo tube always fails, or right. alien kills you, or your half of the ship is destroyed. Something. You're, yeah, it's always the second in command that winds up yes. taking the lead. You don't want to be the captain. And I'm going to make a prediction now. If that's the real one, like halfway through the se- or halfway through the season, you're going to find out. Uh oh, someone's the Cylon. Someone's the Torgo. Someone's the the one who's the betrayer <laughs> yeah. in the party. The Torgo. Anyone who's ever played board games with him knows what I'm talking about. The saboteur. No idea what you're talking about. And yeah. I played saboteur. I was the saboteur once. So I just want to say that right now. One game I was it three times. That was crazy. It was crazy. I don't mm-hmm. think it was crazy. I'll get to that later. Yeah, no. It's not usually... Whatever. <laughs> I'm just amused how much exception she's taken to the fact that she was the saboteur. <laughs> I should never be the saboteur. I'm a problem solver. <laughs> Kirsten, where you put your green? Nothing, right? Nothing really grabs me. I'll go with House of Secrets because Ray Bearer is a reeks of young adult, and we all know how I feel about that. Yep, <laughs> that's because Kirsten was never a young adult, that's so he true. doesn't he doesn't understand. I, I, I Barry ne- was never a young child. And I Kirsten never hit never adult. adult. I never hit adult, so I just I'm stuck. Uh, the liar, oh, God, that's just that's a long ass pitch. I don't trust it. Um, the arc. Uh, despite Barry's tenuous connections, is actually kind of like a, a staple. The generation ship that gets lost, right? You, you know, Star Lost. Remember that Harlan Ellison thing that went tits up no. on TV? <laughs> it's an old 70s. Yeah. 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 I only vaguely remember it. Yeah. But uh, starring Cure DeLay yep. as an Amishman. But House of Secrets, you know. If if this, I assume the the author is you know fictional and they're going through the author's worlds. So imagine if they did a House of Secrets, right, where they could get all the rights and it's like they're they're going through the author's Neil Gaiman. They're going oh, through wow. all of Neil Gaiman's worlds, you know, something like that. That'd be kind of cool. So, but I have no idea where they're going with that. But I'm just gonna throw a dart at the wall and hit House of Secrets. They so like the potential. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the uh, liar runs away with it. What do you think is fake, uh, Paulette? The Ark. Deb. House of Secrets. Matt. All of them. No. <laughs> I'm going to go with. Say one, put it past it, you know? Yeah, I'm going to go with House of Secrets, too. That one. Barry. House of Secrets. Jeff. I'm torn between Liar of Red Valley and uh, Ray Bearer because both of those seem fake. And the main reason I'm leaning towards uh, Liar of Red Valley is it just seems too complicated to be a Hollywood production. <laughs> so I'm going to. Too complex of a description. I agree yeah. with that assessment, but uh, I but, yeah. want it to be real. I think, um, I think uh, Liar of Red Valley is the fake one. I'm going to go with Liar for that same reason. I think that that description was somebody got a little carried away with their writing. (laughs) And I don't mean the mythical creators of the show. I mean the creators of this mythical show. (laughs) (laughs) The fake pitch was sent to us by Dennis Avery. And it is the Liar of Red Valley. Man. 
It Good did, job. It did sound yep. very it original. Does. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> which is why it's the fake one. Yeah. And that means The Ark, House of Secrets, and Ray Bearer are in some form of development. And thank you, Dennis, for writing to us. And if you have a pitch to send to us, write to us. Comments at GeekShockPodcast.com. Why is it every time we play this game, I'm disappointed? <laughs> disappointed by Hollywood. I don't think the art sounds disappointing. I'm I'm actually intrigued. Really, I want to write that. I want to write that series right now. First couple episodes are going to be like the plot. You're going to get to know everyone. Everyone's going to be a little different. There's going to be the angry guy. There's going to be the timid guy. There's going to be so there's the Barry. There's there's going to be like the like the emo kind of girl. Whatever. There's going to be a whole bunch of different cast of characters. There's always the hot chick. She's going to die. And then the you captain, what, Barry, of course, is going to die. The, the, the Take, young savant who's like eight or nine, but he's like, he finished top of his class in the in the. Oh, no, Academy. he's on the spectrum, Barry. Oh, okay. He's definitely on the spectrum. Take everything that you're telling me right now and put it into a fucking role-playing game or something because <laughs> you always spin these huge tales no, of no, what he's you're right. going to do and then you don't do anything with it. Turn this into a game. Make this a reality. Why? <laughs> Not my job. Anyway, um, so one of the episodes where well, they're going to lose a, a vital uh, ingredient to survival. It's going to be like water or power or air. something. And it, it, air. One, one of the scrubbers. The air one of the scrubbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. too windy when roll, they're smoking roll the a D, Roll a d20 to see which one of the following things you're going to lose. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Somebody's like Battlestar Galactica. Somebody's, somebody's fixated in us. There will be like an alien undertone, too. Like, oh, yeah. There will be a what hint is this of on alien. The, like, something's over there what like, is on this the goop? radar. Boop. What's this goop what is on, this on the side? <laughs> now, did, well, did aliens like visit us or something? It's going to be this big mystery. Somebody knock over the potted plant? And mm. of course, they're going to do that Gross. trope that I can't stand. <laughs> that makes me super angry. Oh. So two or three people are going to know something that could benefit everybody, and they're not going to tell anybody. And they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, one of them's going to die, and the other one's just going to be afraid to tell the to, to tell everyone. But one's going to say, you know what? I'm, I think I'm going to tell everyone, and they're going to die because the other person's going to kill them. It's going to be yeah. Whole drama. Airlock, airlock accident. Oh yeah, you know? well, repair that airlock Ooh. over there. Boop, boop, can, done. can we can we start a pool when like the first airlock accident? What episode of the first airlock accident? One will occur. Two. Yeah, exactly. I do like how they always bring that up in pitch meeting. He's like, "Sounds like all this could have been avoided by having a simple conversation." <laughs> but I need the movie to happen. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm going to need you to get way off my back about have a simple conversation. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I will say. <laughs> Once again, it does sound like the, that is arc. The uh, <laughs> I just watched the show. The yeah. listeners are submitting things that are far more intriguing than what Hollywood yes. is, yeah. is putting out. That has yes. been the uh, the, yeah. Yeah. the good the job, overall, guys. The overall consistently. Experience. Maybe you guys should send your stuff to Hollywood or somebody well, in the, Hollywood instead for of us. Consideration. Yeah. Well, good <laughs> ideas go get, to die. Get an agent first because a yes. lot of those don't take unsolicited submissions anymore. That's right. Yeah. Or you can say you're unsolicited to us because we need them yeah. for this content. I was say, <laughs> yeah, I think, really. Todd I think watches the the red light, green light just die. I think Star <laughs> Trek was one of the last shows that did that, and that's only because that was a holdover from the Roddenberry Stargate. Days. Um, they, yeah, Stargate did take some, but uh, I think that was in the early days of production. I don't think it was the last few seasons. Well, anyway. Because they were very Monster of the Week. Stargate? Yeah. Well, yeah, you're going to a different planet every week, so yeah. But yeah, they took ideas for shows all the time. Yeah. 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 What? Yeah. Banana. And then (laughs) they... 
they had been at with the savant who who you know didn't tell anybody what he knew i think barry is secretly a minion because he's really fixated fixated on bananas does that mean he only has one hit point yeah smack him right now if he does (laughs) do it let's get him a little pair of goggles to wear and he just walk around saying banana oh that minion oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) that was despicable on that note love that movie series and I want to thank all of our Kofi members thank you so much for helping us with make this show happen and especially our tier 4 members King Vault, Deb T, David Farrar and our tier 5 members Leon Mitt, Jeff Harris, Jake Godbold Ozzy Matt, Mad Martin and brand new Glumly Thank you so much for supporting the show. Uh, we had a big board game session this last weekend. Mm, yeah. The Saturday. We, we played almost four hours of board games. You crazy it, kids. It was a it hell was of awesome. a time. It was a good wow. time. Well, we played Downforce. We played Saboteur. We, we Martian Dice. We played Martian Dice. And, of course, uh, Six Nymphed, which is always glorious because you can always hear Deb cursing in the background during that game. That's The best part is hearing everyone's plans go just fall apart. It's oh, wonderful. Yep. What? You can play D&D with us and hear Deb cursing in the background. <laughs> Good point. You can hear Deb, Deb cursing, cursing in the foreground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. You, you don't even need to play anything. <laughs> Did you, you have a potty mouth before or after we got together? Before. 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 Okay. No. I'm I sure can it attest me. to that. It was before. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I've known Paulette the longest in this when, room. Well, no, I was going to say when I was working with you at Trek, yeah. Yep. And all you Tier 3 members, I'll be working on this month's mini very, very soon. You'll see updates on that on the Discord Torgo's Painting Corner channel. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Maple Leaf Matt. Lord. Mrs. Maple Leaf. And Deb. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Hey, Todd, I feel like there's some rewards that aren't being taken advantage of for our tier members. Oh, Wasn't yeah? there one that we were discussing earlier that yes, we I were believe- supposed to bring up? Jeff is correct. He's correct. Uh, Barry, who's in charge of Kofi things, why don't you tell us about it? <laughs> well, you know, there's this one tier of reward that no one's actually claimed yet. The uh, the cameo style uh, messages. If you are a tier two foot long chili dog member at only $10 a month, you can get us to do a cameo style custom message. What that means is you go to cameo.com. They have like um, celebrities who will talk out your their 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 messages and you can send it to to friends and whatnot. And it's really cool cuz we got one from Gilbert Gottfried for uh, Yeah, for episode uh, 500. Episode 500 it was super cool. Well, what's cooler than Gilbert Gottfried? Commander K. <laughs> oh my god, no. that'd be great. Let's just do that right away. <laughs> Hi, this is Commander K of Geek Shock, and I'm doing an introduction for Joe. Joe who? Joe Mama. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you could have Commander K do that. You could have uh, 80s Jeff do Mumra. I'll do a bad impression. I don't care. Sure. Well, Whatever okay, you want. Right? The man okay. babies could even make it. what you're talking about. It's a, yeah, you, you reached S- Stephanie's number. You better not be Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, it's Kathleen Kennedy. Fucking. Oh, my God. JJ and JJ. And you remember, you get one of these per year, so choose wisely. Choose us. Oh what? my goodness. <laughs> that would be a complete waste. What? What? Oh, oh my god! You know what a complete waste was? Oh, this is this guy, he knows. That's right. Last Jedi, that was a complete waste.
I really anyway. think these two would just do five minutes on any <laughs> subject that you uh, give them. That's true. They would. Oh, yeah? They think they you would know what we would subject you to? No, but we know. That's right. The new trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Rise of Skywalker. What do you want to see happen to Star Wars? What would make you fucking happy? I just want to see the original over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> Continued over. Skywalker and he's in a walker. He's a badass and he's killing shit and, and, and doing stuff as and opposed to the... being, no, this isn't what you think it's going to be. <laughs> what about the graphics? Would you rather them be done on a Commodore 64? I want them to be real graphic. Like lots of blood and shit. <laughs> Speaking of shit... <laughs> can, can you clean my diaper, Barry? Yeah, Barry, smoke that butt. <laughs> <laughs>